Hello and welcome back to the Yellow Thought Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Allen. Let's get into it. Hi, Em. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Wonderful. We are wearing the same clothes as last time. We are recording two in a row. What are we doing? It's the same day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So on the last episode, um, we we went over Enneagram. Yes. And you basically went through all the types and how it will help you and all of that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, Today, you're going to be asking me a whole bunch of questions. Yes. We are doing interviews with, or hopefully with every Enneagram type, um, while also just getting in more detail about that particular type. Yeah. We thought it would be an easier way of explaining each type if we had a person of that type. Mm -hmm. So they can really, hopefully, um, go in depth of what motivates them and how they feel about it and all of that sort of thing. Definitely. And there is like so much awesome information out there about all of the types, Mm -hmm. but anything that you're reading is going to be written by a person with one type. So it's kind of like whoever's writing it, they're writing it from the perspective of their own type, if that makes sense. So I often find like as a three, like people will, somebody who's not a three will have written a whole thing about Enneagram. And I'm like, I can see why they would interpret it that way. But at the end of the day, like it's not quite... Like, it's not quite why I'm doing it. Like, do you know what I mean? So each person of each type should really write that type. That would be a really good idea. Mm -hmm. To just, so, yeah, so we're starting with type number one. Um, We have Peter Allen, who is a type one, (laughs) the perfectionist. Yes. Um, So we're going to be going through just, like, information. Like, a lot of this stuff I've just, I'll tell you what site's from and stuff, but I've just found it online. Um, Mm -hmm. And then... Coupled with Pete's personal experience with being a one, and you can just can really get to know me now. Oh yeah, sorry. There's no hiding. You hate being put on like put on the spot and oh, opening I hate up. It. I absolutely <laughs> hate it, but it's it's worth it. So, and um, yeah, you can kind of. It's always just good to ha- speak to someone of actually that type because mm. there could be misinterpretations, or I could be putting my own understanding, which isn't quite right, like onto it. You know. So, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my ears itchy. <laughs> So hard to scratch your ear when you have headphones on. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is a burning. Um, Fabulous. So, type one. Uh, Sorry, I've been wanting to do that for the past like three podcasts. Play with the little buttons. Pete has his soundboard of different reactions that he's been wanting to use. Yes. Oh, introducing Emma Shaw Johnston. Thank you. Um, So. Type one. All right, um, type one. So what we said last time, we have the basic, so it's the, the perfectionist is the type one. Yep. They're also known as the reformer because they like to reform um, people if they're not doing the right thing or environments Just if things aren't in general, running correctly. Yeah. You love to. Ones are very, very good at entering a space and finding out ex- or noticing exactly what's wrong with it and then knowing pretty quickly how, what to implement to improve it. Yes, which is not very well received in new work environments. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> do you find that 
that's the approach you take. You go straight into a new work environment and you're immediately in your head like this could be improved. Uh, well, I've learned now I need to hold back because um, I was very much – I didn't know better when mm. I was younger. Um, so, I yeah, walk into maybe a new job mm. and within maybe a week – you know, strategizing how things can be done more efficiently, um, what works better, and all of that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, so like my one of my first jobs, I worked at um, the cinemas, mm-hmm. um, and then I got asked to do stock take um, of all the alcohol and stuff behind the the bar and the kitchen and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, and they their way was literally like pen and paper writing down what that item is, how many items there were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, no, I did that once. Ludicrous. <laughs> it took me forever and I was like, this is so old school. I can't do it. I need to find a way to make this better, mm-hmm. make it more efficient. Maybe you can track the items as you're using them, all of that sort of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, sometimes not that well received oh was it not well received not very well received <laughs> so generally what i find is people like the way in which they do things mm-hmm. and i can understand it now if i went into some like someone else came into my environment mm-hmm. and suddenly told me this can be done better you're doing it not wrong but slowly mm. uh, yeah then i might feel sad or whatever like mm. they think i'm no good or something like that so i've learned over the years mm-hmm. how to adapt and maybe introduce things slower or um in a nicer way okay yeah yeah interesting i That's can't stop myself from doing it though so. <laughs> you're a one it's just it's ingrained in you yeah. and ones are like that and that's interesting as well is the assumption of okay we spoke last week about we assume everyone is motivated by the same things we're motivated by. Mm-hmm. So do you find that you assume that everyone is always like they care whether it's the most efficient way to do something or they Not care whether it's the best way to do something? Not at all. Yep. Um, I find that people generally, if, if it's been done that way, then it's been done that way. Mm. And that's the way especially in my industry, um, construction industry, building design, if something works, you generally don't change it. Mm. It's very hard to introduce new technologies or new methods of doing stuff mm. because it's been done that way for maybe 100 years or 50 years and it works mm. and that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty hard to change. Yeah. But some some battles you win, some you don't. Exactly. But that's as a one, that's a priority for you is having the system as efficient as it can be. And yes, having you really notice that you it almost like bugs you to the point where like you're thinking about it and you're like, OK, don't say anything because like people aren't going to receive that well, but you're still noticing it and you're still thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. In the in, in um, my company that I run with two other people mm-hmm. um, immediately, like when we were starting it, mm-hmm. they both of them immediately kind of just gave me the task of uh, finding like a project management tool and mm-hmm. organizing everything, the file management and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Because I knew. Yeah. Like they're like, okay, that's what you're good at. Yeah. You do it. And you are. Like you set up this whole system. Like 
Yeah. Ones from my experience with them are incredibly capable. Like because you do have such high standards, you are a perfectionist mm. and you can so quickly and easily identify how something <clears throat> could be improved. Most of the time what you're doing is actually the best way to do things. Not always emotionally for the people involved or yeah. whatever, but like if you're just looking at the system or the task at hand, usually like you can identify a pretty darn good way to do it, which makes you very capable. It's it's great when you have a blank slate to start mm. off from and mm. introduce things and build things like we have with this company. Mm. Um, you have to be more sensitive to other people when it's a new environment or it, when you're walking into an existing environment introducing new things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Um, lovely. So we've got the keywords. So... With our lovely ones, we've got the need and the desire is to be good or morally right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so, first of all, would you say that underlying almost everything you do, you would always be like, is this the right thing to do? Is this like... Um, yeah. So, I, I grew up in a, a, a Christian household. Um, so it's kind of ingrained in you any like from that side of things. But I think regardless of my upbringing, I still would have felt this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I do weigh up whether or not that's morally correct or um, – and I struggle very much with people that don't treat other people fairly, mm. um, especially in a work environment. Yep. Um, yeah. It's, it's it's kind of a, a, a make or break for me in terms of staying in that job. Right. So that's, um, that's interesting because for me, like I'm a type three, um, but I'm also an INFP on Myers-Briggs. So the yeah. INFP in me is like justice, morals, do the right thing, yeah, yeah. stand up for what you believe in. But then the type three in me is kind of like... I'm going to get fired. So <laughs> it's kind of not that you've ever been fired, but like no. I'm going to make my environment miserable for myself if I hold on to my morals so steadfastly that so for a type 3 it's almost like it's it's different it's a different type of conflict I think yeah. for a one. Like I think it would be I'm not a one, but I think it would be difficult to be a one in a work environment because so many workplaces are corrupt and are unfair and like there's so much, like, I think bullshit and unfairness <laughs> that happens in companies that if you, if that's something that's really triggering to you. Yeah, like, look, it's companies and the way in which works is structured at the moment obviously benefits the people that run it. Mm. They're the ones that had, had the idea to start it. Um, and they're the, one, the ones that want the most out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in saying that, that doesn't give them the right to treat the people that work for them badly. Mm-hmm. Um, so my whole thing in that I, a recent, well, not recently, um, probably about six to eight months ago, I left my old job mm. um, because of the things that was going on with it that I didn't agree with morally. Mm. Um, and that was things like bullying and yeah, just the way in which people speak to you, um, asking you to do things which aren't legal. Oh, okay. um, like, yeah, it's a whole bunch of reasons for mm. that job. But 
um, a lot of it comes down to what I think is correct and what isn't mm. um, and doing the right thing, um, especially doing the right thing with the people that you have a good relationship mm. with around the work empl- environment um, is also like important. So I, the one thing that also like I find incredibly unfair is here in Australia, you for a full-time worker, you get four weeks of leave. But the company in which you work for will close over Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's their decision. Yep. But they take that leave out of your leave. Oh, um, that seems. So, like, I, uh, I don't agree with that. Yeah. They are choosing to close the office, which you have no say in at yep. all. But now you must lose your leave that you've worked so hard to obtain over the year they're essentially forcing you to take the leave that they're giving you so technically they're not giving you four weeks leave they're they're giving you like two and a half weeks leave well if a company closes for two weeks over christmas or Mm. whatever you lose two weeks so you only get two weeks Mm. during the year yeah where you've worked the entire year to build up all your leave so that maybe you can take a month off to go traveling somewhere yeah but you can't do that yeah so my whole moral thing and what I want to introduce into our company when we have people working for us mm. is you get your four weeks mm-hmm. and the two weeks is the company leave kind of thing. Yeah. that's um, And I think most employees would really appreciate that. Yeah. Would really feel valued and wouldn't feel like the company is sort of just using them, Yeah, I guess. And at the end of the day, it's the people within the company that make the company tick and run. Completely agree with everything you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I think a one would be a wonderful person to work for. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You just see like somebody who is very capable and this is a lot of the ones I've met, like very, yeah. very capable. Um, they know how to make things function, but they will also do the right thing. Yeah. So if you're on board with that, if you're on board with like the, the values that they hold, I think that that could be a, a really cool place to work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're gonna. Not everyone's gonna agree, mm. so you find the right. Uh, my big push at the moment is finding the right spot to work in, or the right company to work in. Mm. Um, the whole mental health thing and life, work-life balance. Mm. You need to be in a place where you feel appreciated. Um, you can pay the bills, mm. and you're not. Your work is not detriment to your health. Mm. Do you think that's realistic? Um, yes, but I think it'll take a lot of job hunting and swapping and Mm. you may look at a job or a company and think everything lines up and that's the one for you, but then you're, you can be there for a month or you get through probation or like that honeymoon period Mm. and then you find out, oh, actually it's the total opposite of what I thought. Suddenly people have let their guard down mm. and are really coming through, excuse me, to um, what they're really like and all of that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but I think it's worth the hunt okay, and it's worth chopping and changing to find your, your spot. Okay. I, that's interesting because for me, like I've done many, many a different job and I have not found that yet. Yep. So I've kind of found like every place I've gone into, like my, my mentality on job searching is that, Every company has its corruptions and its biases and its yeah. bullshit. So 
if you're hopping around trying to find this ideal company where people are good and uphold values and stuff and there's, you know, I haven't found that yet. So mm. I'm sort of like, does it exist? And then that makes me more like, oh, maybe I'm content where I'm working now because it's like most of the way there, if not all of the way yeah. there. Well, I mean, put it this way. We, I don't know, I didn't find it. I just created it. You created it. So that's interesting because I think a lot of ones, <laughs> again, ones that I know, entrepreneurs, like yeah. they are all yeah. starting their own things because it's you can run it on your values and you can make sure that like things are done properly yeah. and things are done with integrity. It, it's definitely the time for it. Like um, 2020 is the was the year of change. Mm. Uh, life turned upside down. Um, and I think for people like myself, ones, you, I woke up, I had a moment probably in about February or March mm-hmm. where I was just sick of it. Yep. I was like, this is it. I'm done. I'm not, I won't take this anymore. I need to find a way out. I need to find that perfect job kind of that mm. will give me that work life balance and, um, and the more you look on social media and you talk to people, the more people are looking for this. Mm. The more people are sick and tired of being treated badly and all of that. Mm. Like people are pushing. And I think over the next year or two, there's going to be even more of a push and more companies created and alternative incomes mm-hmm. um, being made. Like, I mean, if you look five years ago, the hashtag, the van life. Mm-hmm wasn't a huge thing yeah now it's everywhere yeah like people are wanting that that lifestyle where they have that freedom they have they may not be earning the million dollars where they get in a corporate job or whatever Mm. like that but they're earning enough to get by and be mentally stable happy and live the way in which they want to 100%. 100%. And I think, yeah, if, if you are a one and something that you value is integrity, small business yeah. is, that's why there's such a huge boom and um, not a huge boom, but like, <laughs> if only, um, but like there's more and more people are becoming entrepreneurs starting their own small businesses yeah, yeah. for that exact reason, which is that integrity and, you know, living in more in alignment with their own values. Yeah. And yeah, as a one, like, it seems like, yeah, maybe because you guys are very driven and very capable, maybe like starting your own business as you have done with two other people that you, yeah, there's yeah. three of you, you picked kind of the two people that you really aligned with values-wise yeah. and skill-wise. Um, and the three of you have come up with something. So yeah. um, entrepreneurship for ones, probably a really good idea, small business, um, that kind of thing. Because if yeah. you're sort of under the thumb of a company or a boss whose values do not align with your own, I think for a one that would be, crushing you're gonna be miserable yeah yeah no interesting thank you for sharing that (laughs) (laughs) that's insightful um amazing so it's weird being on the other side normally i'm the one asking the questions (laughs) i I like listening like uh, this is great for me um i love both yeah (laughs) um yeah that's cool so the key words to describe a one can be good right correct responsible appropriate accurate virtuous and ethical Mm -hmm. do you relate with that yep Um, And then the ones have a core fear of being wrong, bad, evil, inappropriate, unredeemable or corruptible. Okay. 
do you find that you find anything that presents that way really like you have a big fear of like I think my my biggest fear is not being wrong but making mistakes okay so for the people um for the listeners and stuff I design houses Mm -hmm. for a living um my worst fear is making a mistake on the drawings um Mm. it's just the consequences that happen that that may uh, the the cascading effect that that could have Mm. um down the line and all of that sort of stuff but also just i just don't like making errors (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know it just means so much to me that Mm. yeah i don't it means so much to you yeah yeah. It's interesting, like, no, like I just because I'm I'm not this type, so yeah, yeah. I've got I've got all the things written down here that I've found online, um, and then presenting them to you and hearing what you have to say. Obviously, you don't represent all ones ever, like you're no. your own unique person. Yeah, but it is interesting to see how it either lines up or the ways that it differs. So yeah. making mistakes is what you find like would really. What do you think would happen if you like made a mistake? Well, obviously, I do make mistakes. Yeah. Um, so how do you like handle that? it's more I think once I feel really bad and once the mistake's been presented to me then I have to come up with a solution and fix it and all of that sort of stuff Mm. Um, I think the most thing that hinders my progress is I'll do something and then I'll stop and I won't publish it or Mm -hmm. Um, for work obviously I have to send it out to clients and all of that sort of stuff but like I've been wanting to do this podcast for Mm. so long and I just never got around to it because the fear of making a mistake on it it sounds like consequences is something that really concerns you consequences of your actions consequences of your mistakes but you see I don't even know what the consequence would be by not publishing the the pub (laughs) the pub cost the podcast um yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's what's interesting is because it's like when you actually – because it drives you, like that yeah. fear of making a mistake. And then when someone says to you, okay, well, what happened if you did make a mistake? And you're like, well, I'm a human. I do make mistakes. And then it's like, okay, well, then what happens when that happens? And you're like, well, nothing. Well, <laughs> Like it's kind of like it is a little bit of an – not an irrational fear. It's rational, but maybe the that fear underlying everything you do – doesn't actually have to hold as much weight as you've been giving it. Oh, it definitely doesn't. Yeah. Um, I know that, but I don't know that, if you mm. know what I mean. Like, I know that if I like if I make a mistake on my drawings, like dimensions wrong or whatever, um, and the guys pick it up and say, hey, this doesn't quite look, look right, mm. like, it's easy enough to own up to. Mm. Um, say oh yeah sorry that's my bad I'll fix it and Mm. do it but the fear of making that mistake like I I don't know it's it's really (laughs) hard to explain no that's Um, that's fine that's what Enneagram is it's like you're driven by this fear of being wrong or making mistakes or not being good or not being perfect but then it's like why and you're like I don't it It, just is it is a a rational fear mm. Um, but uh, yeah, your your mind functions 
the way it does. So. Yeah, it's just subconscious. You're not even aware of it until we're talking about it right now. You're aware of it. But yeah. in a moment when you're doing the job or when you're living your life, you're not consciously thinking about your fears. Yeah. They're just there underneath. Yeah, but even not like we, we talk about it and you ask me, so what are the consequences of it? Yeah. And like, well, the consequences may or may not matter. Yeah. But then I'm still like, I wouldn't, it, it doesn't resolve it for me. Yeah. So it doesn't change it for me regardless of now talking about it. Like I'm still like, yeah, I'm not going to publish that because I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do anything differently, but, but thanks for yeah. talking to me. <laughs> no, that's I, like, it's yeah, so interesting. Like that's why I'm asking you because I'm yeah, like yeah. genuinely curious about like, like why are you that way and I'm not that way? Like, yeah. and yeah, I have a fear of failure. Yep. But I wouldn't say I have a fear of making mistakes. No. They're slightly different. Mm-hmm. So I I fear failing, but I, I realise that mistakes are just like not the end of the world as long as you succeed at the end. Like the end goal. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? A means to an end. Yeah. Whereas you're like, nope, every step of the way. It's not a means to an end. It's like every step of the way has yeah. to be like good. That's it. Perfect. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so we've got the core weakness for a one. Um They've written down resentment. So um, it basically, it's what it says, and I don't remember the site, but I'll find it and um, we can put it in the link if people want to read, is repressing anger leads to continual frustration and dissatisfaction with yourself, others, and the world for not being perfect. Okay. So how does that relate if it does at all? If it doesn't, that's fine. Resting my chin on my microphone. Um, I'm so close. To <laughs> I'm basically doing ASMR. We can do that, maybe. We should um, do an ASMR video. Just we can try. Crunch some things. Um, can you read that again? Sorry. Okay, no, that's all right. It says your core weakness is resentment. Yeah. Do you find that you do feel resentful a lot? I don't think so. No. Um, and what it says is repressing anger. Mm. Do you like? Is that something like? Do you feel like you do get angry about things and you do repress it, or you have in the past been told to repress the anger that you felt at things that have happened in your life? I don't think I've been told to repress it, but I definitely think as a teenager I did. You did, yeah. So no one would like told you to do it, but like maybe your environment just made you have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what it's saying is, as a one, you've repressed anger, and what the repressed anger leads to in your current life is an ongoing feeling of feeling frustrated and dissatisfied with things in general okay. when they're not perfect. People, whatever it is. Yeah. So that would relate to like if someone's doing something that I think they're doing it incorrectly. Yeah, anything. And then suppressing it's not, I think what it's I saying it's is a, like I think the repressed anger comes from your past. Yeah. So it's saying that growing up you repressed a lot of anger okay. and that has made you into somebody who as a result now feels frustrated and dissatisfied quite easily. That's interesting. That's something to chew on? Yeah, something to chew on, you absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you learn stuff every day. Put that in your juice box and suck it. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's interesting. Like is fun this is so much fun for me Mm. um so the message that ones are apparently longing to hear is you are good 
Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and I mean that. I'm not just reading it off a page. Yeah. No, you are good. You are like, pro- like not even to exaggerate, probably the most genuinely good human being I've ever met. Oh, thank you. And very that's, much. <laughs> and it would be you. It would be a couple of other ones that I know who I would say are yeah. in that category. And that's not to say like you're superior to others. Everyone's no, cool in different ways. It's I can guarantee that whatever you're doing is coming from a place of integrity and coming from a good intentions. Mm-hmm. Like it may not seem that way. Mm. Um, and again, that comes down to, as I was saying earlier, how you deliver it mm. um, and the way in which you present mm. your thoughts or your methods or um, introducing things. That's interesting. And if it come, if we can go back to the, like the repressed anger, I guess if you are speaking with repressed anger, maybe you would come across bitter or controlling or domineering or something like that. And it's not because of the person in that moment. It's because of this repressed anger from your past. But in the moment you notice, oh, this needs to be fixed. This isn't perfect. This isn't good. And then you sort of like. I can definitely come across very blunt um, and kind of authoritative. Yeah. Authoritarian. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Authoritarian. Yeah. You could come. And yeah. And it. You, is that on purpose or is that no not at happens? all i think it's just it's just the way that i speak um especially in a work environment mm. you're very directive yeah yeah it's would you say that you assume that everybody already knows that you have good intentions when you speak quite possibly because for me as a three that's the image type right so that's yeah. very like i assume people know nothing about me like okay. i'm basically like i have to carefully craft how I come across at all times because someone is going to assume the absolute worst thing about me. (laughs) And I feel like as a one, because you are so just inherently like focused on good and right, you're like, people will just see that. People will just get it. Whereas like someone else who's probably like a sneaky snake or somebody else who's probably like a bit of an asshole isn't going to just automatically know that you're like a good person with good intentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then that can come across authoritarian because if it's like, it's not authoritarian, it's actually no. just like you're helping, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but they might not see it that way because they don't and then have that in them. That's where all of this that we've been talking about, um, Enneagrams, personality types and that sort of stuff um, has helped me understand other people mm. and how they are receiving um, what I'm saying. Mm. Um, and then... For me, I can look at that sort of stuff and, and take it in and then maybe approach the situation a bit differently. Mm. Um, yeah, because definitely when I was younger, um, I was very, very direct and very, just say it how it is and regardless of consequences and how people feel or what they how they take it in and all of that sort of stuff because I don't know. And it wasn't in the... It's not in a mean way. It's no, just I, the raw, the rawness of a one, basically. Yeah, um, and it's almost coming from like you. You do you find like, I don't know if you're feeling this, but sometimes it can come across with ones in my experience. Is that they talk to you like a disappointed parent? <laughs> it's like you should know better. <laughs> ones love like a should. Like you should know better. <laughs> 
So whereas like people don't know better, like better is subjective. Do you know what I mean? Like nobody knows anything. It's just like whereas because you have such a high standard and if someone's not meeting that, you almost assume they're not trying. Yeah. Do you like do you find that? Um Yeah younger me would have. Younger you would have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Amazing. So We've got a few little questions for a type one that Uh-oh. I would like to ask you, if you don't mind answering them. <laughs> sure. Let's um, go. Obviously, if anything's too personal, like no. no pressure at all. So do you have any memories of a time in your past that you were made to feel like a bad person? Oh. Um. Okay, well... Today, mm. let's take today. Um, I took Athena to go, and this is purely how I interpret mm. interpreted the situation. It wasn't um, intended to be mean at all. It was actually really thought like the lady was trying to educate me and mm. help me. Mm. So I took Athena to um, get groomed today, mm-hmm. and the lady said that she had a bit of a skin condition underneath of her. So Athena um, is a husky, just in case. Anyone yeah, she's a Siberian husky. It may have, <laughs> um, they're a double coat dog and it's really thick. Like the lady said to me today that she has, you get different types of coats, but hers is more a purest husky coat. So it's really, really thick. Okay. Um, and I have been, I take her down and I wash her and I have brushes and I have a like a blower where you blow out her her fur because she blows her entire coat so she gets rid of her entire coat twice a year yeah um so i have hair all over my house all the time but um i thought i was doing a really good job Mm. of managing it and grooming her and all of that sort of stuff Mm. um but the lady said to me that i wasn't basically um and she showed me Mm. um that like her skin was a bit irritated and red and she was starting to like mat her, her undercoat was starting to like get all matted and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to that, like that made me feel really like I wasn't doing a good job at all. Right. Even though I was trying and doing all of that stuff. Yeah. Even the way you said that just then you were like, oh. I thought I was doing a really good job. I wasn't. <laughs> I it's was. like you were. Like you, your dog is so well cared for. Like she's an she's absolute a princess. little princess and we yes. love her so much. She's amazing. But you're like such a good dog owner. But like mm. but she was like, oh, Athena has like a skin rash. I mean, it's like the heat of summer. Like, And then you're like, oh, I wasn't doing a good job. <laughs> no, <laughs> like that's such a one, such a one thing to do. So from my, my side of things, like, I w- yeah, I, don't, I wasn't. I wasn't doing it correctly. And you, you were I doing guess most of it correctly. There was just something. Yeah, yeah. She exactly she right. needs a groomer. Yeah. She she does need to go to a professional groomer to do to get her coat done and everything properly. Okay. Um, and that's purely because of the type of coat that she had mm. or has. Sorry, she's not dead. She's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shockingly, after that groom job. <laughs> no, she's looking really good. She's um, great. Yeah, it's just something that I can't do. Um, yeah, and that like affected you. Like you felt like how did you? I, feel? I felt horrible. <laughs> like I don't want my dog to like have bad skin and her coat to be matte 
like matted up and that sort of <laughs> stuff. Like, of course not. She needs to be in perfect health and looked after and all that. Perfect, like, hey? She is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you kind of. Yeah. Yeah, like the grimoire. It's, it's was that like perfection. It's that perfection. It is. Yeah. Like, I really, I 100% noticed the difference between like this morning before her groom and now, like after her groom. Mm. Like, yeah, she's going back to groom. <laughs> <laughs> and now that it's, you know that she can have that level, she'll be going back there now. Yeah, yeah. The lady did a fantastic job. Like, yeah. I'll definitely be going back to her. Yeah. Um. So, but that's that perfectionist, like, yeah. in me. Yeah. Oh. There you go. Yeah. The, the best possible way. My dad is the same. My dad is a one as well. Yeah. And you can't just, like, do a job. It has to be the best possible way to do that job. Like, yeah. it's just... And Once I, you know there's something better, you can't get past it. You're like, oh, now I have to get the better thing. And that kind of, yeah, you see the way that you phrased that? What? The better thing. Was I wrong? No, you're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, the way in which you, yeah. It, it applies to everything. And that's the, it's, it's good and it's bad. Mm. Because I like to do my research. Mm. Um, same as your dad. So, yeah. <laughs> Your dad and I quite funny when we get together and we want to get something or we want to do something. Yeah. Then we will do a week's worth of research. Yeah. And we'll start off on, oh, yeah, we'll just get this thing because that'll do the job. But then like, oh, no, it has a three-star rating. Why does it have a three-star rating? Mm-hmm. Where Where's all these problems? Okay, yeah. next product. Oh, no, this one's slightly more expensive, but it has a five-star rating. Okay, why does it have a five-star rating? Okay, that's the perfect one. Yeah. And we'll go with that. Like, So you'd be willing to pay more for something that was perfect versus something that was, like, good enough. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to <laughs> <laughs> Like, this, this whole does setup, it, for does instance. Does it need? <laughs> it does. Oh. It's cool, but yeah. as a result, everything you do and everything you create is such a high caliber and such a high quality and that's why people want to hire you to do things and that's why you are very successful is because of that perfectionism yeah what you try to yeah yeah so if you can like obviously the pros of it is you channel it into your work and you achieve such a high standard but the cons can be that would you be stressed like are you oh absolutely (laughs) yeah yeah you are very stressed yeah my anxiety goes through the roof a lot of the time because of it yeah um and a lot of it is like if I go out for a social function or whatever, um, I have to feel perfect. Like there's a lot of that sort of stuff in it. So mm-hmm. your anxiety goes up and that sort of thing. So Like a social anxiety type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that maybe not all ones would have because not all ones necessarily have social anxiety, but no, like no. this is just how it's just, manifesting for yeah, you. Yeah, personally for me. Um yeah, as I said in the beginning, like n- not publishing this podcast mm. originally when I wanted to because of the the stress and the anxiety and no, it wasn't perfect, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. Like, So it definitely has its hindrances mm. um, and it obviously has its perks because when I actually get to do something or I have published something, then I know that um, – it's kind of perfect in my You're way. You're proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's the thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be perfect for anybody else. Interesting. Okay. It, it's a, I find it's a personal thing. Okay. Um, 
because generally I don't care what other people think. Yeah. Um, especially the way I dress or look or that sort of stuff. Like, it doesn't matter. You dress fine. No, no. Good. But like, well. it's... <laughs> um, it's more how I perceive myself. Are you more confident when you perceive yourself as the best version of yourself? Yes. And so the more perfect you can be or the more good or whatever, like, put together you could be, you're going to take more confidence into an interaction. Absolutely. So if I'm not feeling that way, then I'll avoid people. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. Your worth is not determined by those things. You are uh, always worthy. People always love you. But I mean, every every type, that's the message for every type, yeah, is yeah. like, as a three, like I need a lot of validation. If I don't get validation from other people, I'm like, cool, I'm invisible. Cool, I don't exist. Like, cool, I'm worthless. I'm nothing. Yeah. I'm trash. So, But this is the whole thing is, my well, my whole thing is, I as long as I'm happy with myself, mm. then everything else is fine. Because mm. um, you being happy with yourself is going to make you more confident and that's yeah. going to spill out into every area of your yeah. life. Like for you, um, validation, like I know you struggle giving yourself validation for things. Mm. And when you validate yourself, you feel a lot better. Mm. But you do feel really good when someone else validates you. It's different. It's like, yeah, the more I'm learning self-love and self-acceptance, the yeah. less I need validation from others. Yeah. Um, however, it's such a dopamine hit when someone like <laughs> – compliments me or I win something or it's like it's just a different kind of dopamine hit and you'd be getting that hit from probably just the perfection of being like looking at something and being like Mm. yep that's that's just flawless (laughs) is that what was that the same feeling would you say yeah yeah absolutely there you go so another question for a one um would you say that you had a strict upbringing yes elaborate (laughs) please (laughs) if you want to um yeah, very, very strict. Although my older siblings will probably disagree. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So I have, I think I mentioned this in the first podcast. Um, so I have a brother and sister. Mm. Um, and then I have four stepbrothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all older than me. I'm the youngest by a fair bit. Um, and I think my sister would say that her that she had the strictest upbringing mm-hmm. although i found my upbringing pretty strict yeah um well it's it's compa- it's not comparative to like i mean i think in general the older sibling gets a lot more of the strictness on them mm-hmm. and by the time says it gets, the older sibling it's just true and then by <laughs> the time it gets down to the little one the mother's like tired and given up but that's not to say that you went from a strict upbringing in comparison to other families or other cultures oh or yeah other, yeah you know, like your mum is lovely, but she is very religious and she has her ways and her rules and her yeah, strict yeah. guidelines. No, look, mum mom, mom is very strict. Um, <laughs> it, it, for for my friends, when we'd have friends over or do things or whatever, there's always two mums that were the strictest. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my mum. And my best friend Taylor, his mum. Mm-hmm. So, and my mom and Taylor's mom would always agree. Yeah. Um, and my mom actually gave Taylor's mom permission to ground me, <laughs> and I have been grounded by her. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. The, I mean, pros and cons to it. And I love my mom to bits, and I love the way 
in which she brought me up. I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. She sacrificed so much for me, mm-hmm. um, and she did such an amazing job. Um, and she is just a lovely person. Like I love her so Aww. much. Shout um, out to Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> she is lovely. Yeah. She's really cool. And although I don't necessarily follow the same religious path or all of that mm-hmm. now, um, it's the way in which you brought up with the manners. Um, and not only like mama went to a Roman Catholic school. Mm. Um, all boys school in high school and that sort of stuff and it's ingrained in you stand mm. back for the elders and open doors for um, for women and just be polite mm. dress properly mm. um, take pride in the way you present yourself and all of that sort of stuff um, which is great like I think there's a lot of things to be taken from that mm. and there's a lot of some things that could possibly change. Um, the one thing that I really learned when I moved to Australia is like when we had your house, um, some of your sister's friends would come over and just talk to your parents. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? How, how do you do that? Or like they would just come in the house, like walk straight in and start a conversation and feel at home and yeah, that sort of stuff. And that's not how I was brought up. Yeah. Like it, I – it was kind of mind-blowing for me. Yeah, like, <laughs> much more, I guess, relaxed and not as much of a boundary. I think we sort of grew up in a, a culture of there is a hierarchy yeah, and yeah. you know where you sit in the hierarchy of yeah. like there is authority figures, like you've got adults and then children are distinctly below that Yeah, and there has to be a level of respect between them. Um, whereas here it's definitely a lot more just like the kids are much more outspoken and like yeah. I personally – prefer it because I was an outspoken child when I was very young and had that just quickly (laughs) disciplined out of me. (laughs) Um, But I think, I think for me, the balance of the two mm. is like the perfect spot. Like I really like um, kids to have manners and please and thank yous. And Mm. it's actually really nice to like stand back at a door, open a door for a lady and Mm. like, just have those kind of like core values Mm -hmm. but then also being more relaxed when you walk into other people's houses and being able to have those conversations as a kid Mm. um, I think is really good. Yeah, and it gives you a lot more practice at conversations for when you are an adult. Yeah, yeah. Because I personally feel like I had a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know, yeah, no, that's that's interesting. Do you think – can you think of anybody in South Africa that was more like the Australian way where they'll just walk into your house and be completely fine? And well, you can't just walk into someone's house because there's security. So it's like <laughs> – You know what I mean though. <laughs> um, like, like my best friend Tay, he was a lot more confident than – like he, he kind of more Australian way of living mm. in terms of just being comfortable with the adults and mm. – that sort of thing. I mean, it might just be to do with like how he was parented or exposure to, yeah, or just natural personality tendencies. Yeah. I mean, he's not shy, yeah. so I think it is. It's again the nurture versus nature of like you come into this world with certain traits, and then 
upbringing interacts with those traits in very yeah, different yeah. ways. So there's no definitely no wrong or right way to like. No, definitely be. not. Whatever whatever works for you and your family in the environment in which you're at, mm. as long as you're not abusing and being horrible and all of that sort of stuff. If it's no abuse, <laughs> yeah, please, please. Um, um, yeah. I don't think any. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, no. That's interesting. And then um, the other question is. Do you feel like you had to take on a lot of responsibility at a young age? Um, yeah. So, especially between when did I move to to Alec? I think I was ten, mm. somewhere around that. Yeah, between ten and probably eighteen. Okay. Um, sixteen. My mom got married in when I was sixteen again. Take her. Um. Yeah, between probably 10 and 16, I had to grow up pretty quickly because um, we lived in Cape Town. My brother and my sister were still there. Um, and then we moved to Howick down the road from where you guys are mm-hmm. or were. Um, and then it was just my mum and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and she worked bloody hard. Mm-hmm. Like she she ran a, um, a tourism shop and... She was there from what, like seven thirty till five thirty six at night, mm. like, um, and so a lot of the time I walked to school, uh, walk home. I, I had to become independent pretty quickly, mm. um, which is great. Thinking back now because of the way that I turned out. So, <laughs> if I do so say myself, no, you no, are but very it, it teach, very teaches capable. you a lot. Yeah, yep. um, I learned to cook pretty quickly mm. look after myself and all of that yeah yeah and yeah in a way you you did yeah like um you you had to grow up your childhood not like wasn't taken away because it wasn't but like you you had to you had things happen in your life at around the age of 10 that made you have to suddenly be more mature and more serious yeah than other kids your age would have yeah, had yeah, to be. yeah 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 um it was definitely brought up or like mentioned by other people my age when I was growing up. What, um, what would they say? I'll just relax a bit more. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Like what age, um, What sort of age were people saying this? Oh, probably at about 13. Oh, really? Even like at 13, 12, people 13. were like, chill out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's – would people say that to you like pre – I mean, maybe kids don't think about it, but like pre-10, like before that those big changes happened? Like, um, I can't say for sure, but I don't think so. Yeah. Like uh, the, the things that I'm thinking of is more like sport related. Mm. Um, I took that very, very seriously, like probably too seriously. <laughs> um, Perfectionist. Yeah. So, and that probably is down to I felt like I had to kind of overachieve at those mm. because I needed to grow up and I don't it, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you did but develop a sense of seriousness, like yeah, yeah. younger yeah. than your fellow classmates and stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Because you're interesting. one. So ones are serious <laughs> and dependable and it makes sense that this would be a question because it's like... Although the people, my friends from year 12 would probably not say that. Then, yeah, did you go through like a bit of a rebellious phase at one point? Or? Yeah, that was probably more year 10, 16, 17. Yeah. Um, and then year 12 was probably just chilled. Okay. Like very much too too far the, the other way. 
like oh like your brain just went like and then you just like shut down and then yeah. you're just like i don't care about anything pretty much oh dear <laughs> <laughs> unless you were happy in which case it's good no it was a good year mm, so there you go amazing well thanks for sharing that um and then i think that's pretty much like everything i've got let me just see if i had something else on this page here Just for okay, the here's a here's a summary actually, which I think we could go through. Did you have no. a question first? Oh no, I was just going to say for the people listening at home, this is not staged. Like, I had no idea the questions, what questions Ams was going to ask me. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like put you on the spot. No, no, it's like, good because it means it's authentic. Yeah. Like, if there's, I know there's been a fair few pauses between where it's like radio silence kind of thing. Um, that's literally because I had to think about all of this stuff and what it means to me and where it, like. My answers are what has come to me in this moment. Yeah. Like it's not rehearsed or I don't have anything written down really. It's about a piece of paper. <laughs> Proving it. Um, yeah. So and this is a good way to do the test, mm. to like sit in a room um, somewhere where you're comfortable and go through this and read it and just honest like answer things honestly mm. and authentically and you'll get the result that is true to yourself. Yeah. And on the topic of like authenticity, like that takes so much courage and bravery. So well done yeah. for opening up. Oh, thank you. And no, like you are. <laughs> I think honestly like we unfortunately like social media, I think YouTube and stuff and social media, it started out as people just being authentic in their bedrooms, making weird little videos. Mm. And now it's become so overproduced, so fake, so scripted. Oh, it's commercialized. Yeah. And to the point where people now will look at people actually being genuine and find it like cringy or they're like, oh, like not you, like you're not cringy, but I'm just saying like, I've definitely seen like people think that like people actually just being real and genuine, like they're yeah. like, oh no, it's, I don't no, want that. It's like, what you have to be. Uh, at yeah. the end of the day, well, I find at the end of the day, to be mentally stable, happy, mentally healthy, mm -hmm. you have to be authentic yeah. to yourself. Yeah. And that's um, why we're trying to do this like the way that yeah. we do. Like I don't have makeup on. My hair is greasy and gross. Like, <laughs> you look fine. Oh, look thank good. you. But like, no, I'm just saying like, I just, I don't know. Like I think it's so... Um, but like it's exciting to me, I guess, that you were so willing and able to share that with everyone because I think a lot of people are so scared of being seen and so scared of opening up in that way it's because of rejection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, the whole thing about um, showing your vulnerability is scary. Mm. Um, There's a podcast that I was listening to and watching um, a couple of weeks ago because mm. I was a rugby podcast and they were talking about um, Argentina versus New Zealand mm -hmm. and Argentina beat New Zealand for the first time in their history. Mm. And all the, the Argentinian players were crying and showing their raw emotion. I mean, they are really emotional culture as it is. Very expressive, yeah. Yeah, but for a rugby player to be crying on TV kind of thing, mm. like – showing that vulnerability I thought was really good and they discussed mm. that on the podcast and saying that kind of more people should be allowed to do that yeah and in today's day and age you really should 
you should be comfortable showing your vulnerabilities. It would be amazing. Yeah, I think that's where we're trying to move towards. You know yeah. what I mean? And completely understandable. We all struggle with showing vulnerability. Oh, absolutely. Understandable why it's hard. Um, definitely a day-to-day -day thing. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and who you're with and, and where you are and like yeah. feeling safe, finding a safe space to do that. So yeah. not everybody feels like they have a safe space. So um, please be kind on social media. <laughs> <laughs> be nice to Pete. He's really been brave and put uh, himself out there. Extremely <laughs> courageous. Non-toxic masculinity. We love it. We love a man yep. who can uh, be vulnerable and so we, yeah. set, just an amazing a one just like setting an amazing example as ones always do just to end this off we have been sorry if we've been going on for quite a while oh um, no that's fine just to end on a nice light little note and a little summary is that okay yep, absolutely um so we've got just to summarize ones um their strengths are honest responsible and improvement orientated Mm -hmm. um, their problem areas can be resentful, non-adaptable and overly critical. Non-adaptable. <laughs> um, their speaking style is precise and detail-orientated with a tendency to sermonize. Oh. So sermonizing is like as if you're giving a sermon. Yeah. I do that a little bit as well. I don't think I do that. Do I? Sometimes. Oh, okay. I think sometimes when you're like, everybody should do this. Because like, <laughs> you're passionate, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, I guess, what sermonizing is. It's because you're like... You're saying how the world should be, ideally, you know. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, the whole showing your vulnerability thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a bad thing, like, no. I don't have a problem with it. As long as, it, like, I guess an unhealthy one could be a little bit judgy and, like, telling people yeah, how they yeah. should be behaving, like, you're wrong, you should do it like this. Like, I guess that could be yeah. preachy. Let's like, not do that. Let's not do that. Um, so... One of your lower emotional habits as a one would be resentment, which results from getting angry but holding it in. Mm. Okay. Um, and then higher emotion would be serenity. Oh. So you said like you had a year where you were chill and serene. So like year that 12. was probably quite a healthy year for you. Nickname was Aldous. Aldous Snow because mm. you look like Aldous Snow from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, because I acted like it. <laughs> this is my thong, where's my other one kind of thing. Like just, yeah. It looks so. like this one, but it goes on the <laughs> other foot. Um, that's very you. Um, that's you like at your best you're very chill yeah um so serenity and it says which comes with letting go of anger about the way things are and accepting imperfection yep need to do that so letting go love that <laughs> for us um archetypal challenge so that means um hang on to change what can be changed to accept what cannot be changed and to develop the wisdom to know the difference yep that's the lesson for the one yeah so I'll say it again, like the um, the challenge that this site, the site is called the Enneagram at work.com and the challenge that it's putting to a one is to change what can be changed, to accept what cannot be changed and to develop the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, developing the wisdom is really important. Mm. That's this whole journey. Yeah. It's discovering yourself, developing that wisdom. Wisdom. <laughs> wisdom, Australia. Um, yeah, and then putting it into place. Lovely. Um, psychological defences can be ones use the defence mechanism of reaction formation to avoid their anger and other feelings and impulses and they maintain the self-image of being right. Um, <laughs> so what reaction formation is, is feeling one thing and then doing the opposite, such as feeling resentful but acting nice. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's the, the, one of your defence mechanisms. Yeah, is like yeah. I think ones do that because they don't want to do the wrong thing or they don't want to be bad or hurtful or something so like they might be feeling something but they're like keeping it in 
mm. I guess. Um, and then the somatic pattern. So somatic is physical symptoms of things. Yeah. Um, how because there's a you know the mind body connection and everything. Like yeah. That. So somatic patterns as body-based types, ones are usually grounded and practical, good at ordering the tasks of daily life. Okay. That's very you. Yeah. Good at ordering life's daily tasks. <laughs> um, I would not say that about myself. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure to be right and the need for control leads to physical rigidity and tension, uh-huh. p- particularly in the jaw, neck and shoulders. Uh-huh. So you find like you're quite stiff and rigid and mm. tight neck and tight. Um, the face can take on an expression of angry judgment or resentful martyrdom. That's so funny because, oh my gosh. <laughs> sometimes you look like you're really angry and sometimes you look like a long-suffering old man <laughs> who's like having flashbacks <laughs> from the war. Like, There's definitely photos of me looking <laughs> like that. At, at such a young age too. Yeah. Like I remember seeing your like baby pictures and stuff. So... Um, that's awesome. And then there's a few tips for how to relate to a okay. wand for everybody out there who has a wonderful one in their life. Um, so how to create rapport, respect their integrity and take things seriously. Cool. I must piss you off because sometimes I think I'm just so silly. <laughs> <laughs> it's good though because you need a good laugh and you need to lighten up sometimes. And yeah. So if you're trying it's, to build, it's a balance of everything. Yeah. yeah. I guess this is to build rapport. Like if you have a new one in your life and you're trying to create a rapport with them or if yeah. you're a colleague or someone that you don't know very well, like taking things seriously and showing respect and integrity and that you take them seriously yeah. is a good way to get off on the right foot with yeah. the one. Absolutely. Things to avoid. Try to avoid <laughs> making agreements that you may not keep. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yes. Don't be a flake. Um, neglecting proper procedures or good manners. You've mentioned good manners a few times. And procedures. And procedures. <laughs> this is like, you're a textbook one, my friend. Um, so that's what to avoid. So join them, something to join them in, in seeing how things can be improved. Okay. So that's cool. Um, to handle conflict with a one Ooh. is ask them to be direct with their anger and get past their resentment. Admit your mistakes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, speak with personal conviction and authority. Um, challenge them to see more than one right way. Yes, absolutely. Cool. It's um, very important for ones as well to to open your mind up. To be challenged. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And to see alternative options. Yeah. Um, as long as you do it in a respectful way with good manners, yeah. they will be open. No, but even just for the, from the one's perspective, like yeah. ones can get caught very, I would say, in a narrow channel. Yep. Um, thinking wise, mm. um, and especially if you you made your mind up and you think that's the right way to do it, mm. it's really good to open your mind up and see different alternatives. Cool. Um, lovely. So then we've got to support their growth. So this is how to support your. Wonderful little one, help them grow. Help them to be less critical of themselves and more accepting of their mistakes and imperfections. Ask them to mediate their judgment with fairness and forgiveness. Remind them to share responsibility with others and encourage them to have fun. The result of that is this podcast. (laughs) We're finally doing it. We're having fun. Yeah. It's good. Um, Do you struggle with forgiveness as a one? I don't think so. Okay. I think that might have been a learned attribute. Right. Um, 
possibly struggled when I was younger, but okay. now, no. Cool. Awesome. But yeah, so that's a lovely summary of our ones. Yeah. If you are a one, thank you for listening. If you're not a one, thank you also <laughs> for listening. Let <laughs> us know off. if you are a one. Yeah, whoever you are, yeah. let us know. Yeah, comment down below, questions or experiences, if there's anything you relate to, if there's anything that you don't relate to. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, well, thank you very much for that. It was very interesting being on the other side, answering questions <laughs> instead of well, asking them. Well done and well done for opening up. Yeah, well done answering all of that and thank you very much for um all your knowledge and all of this sort of stuff like Aww. it's been very insightful and i'm looking forward to maybe getting a number two on a number two or type two <laughs> a number two type two um a type two if yeah enneagram type two i'm sure we can find one yeah um from our life and we'll do something similar to this ask questions and just go through it if they're willing to but yeah yeah awesome do we have a third microphone We'll get one. We have a one here. He's going to get one. <laughs> we'll make it happen. <laughs> and it'll be perfect. Exactly. But it doesn't have to be. We can no, still it enjoy it, even if it's not. No, it's been awesome. No. All right. Thanks, well, guys. Thank you very much, Em. Make good choices. Be safe. We'll see you next time. The listeners out there, be safe. Um, have a good weekend or a week, depending on when this comes out. Mm -hmm. And we'll see you next time. See you guys. See you. Bye. Bye.